Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashitino. And today, I wanted to talk about um, two fairly uncontroversial issues. And by that, I mean some of the most controversial issues uh, that face uh, American citizens and in, indeed branch out to affect citizens of the world and all over the world. Um, I want to talk about um, two amendments uh, to the United States Constitution, uh, the first and the second. I was debating, you know, whether or not to make this um, a complete podcast about amendments, and then I realized that would take me you know, five hours to even begin going into so instead, I just wanted to talk about these two amendments, and I wanted to talk about them in the context of um, what was going on today, what their initial intent was, uh, because they're very misunderstood. Many, many, many people make quotes about, oh, just, you know, one of the favorite things is, you know, take the fifth, take the fifth. What is the Fifth Amendment? What do you even know about it? What What does it mean? I mean, if you're in trouble legally, then you really should know what it means. Uh, but not everyone does. Not everyone understands the Bill of Rights, as we call the first ten amendments to the Constitution. But I wanted to talk about it because right now, um, I think, first of all, the First Amendment is completely under attack. And second of all, I feel that the Second Amendment is something that is being completely misconstrued and something that is being taken out of context. And, uh, you know, there's an old saying, don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, I'm I'm not so much faulting individuals today for taking advantage of the Second Amendment as I am. Uh, Unfortunately, the Founding Fathers made some critical mistakes, um, and, and now we are paying for it. But let's let's go in order, uh, shall we? Let let's first talk about the First Amendment. Um, and the First Amendment is as follows: Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble. And to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, that's fantastic. Um, And as my students would say, what in the devil does that mean? Well, they wouldn't say what in the devil does that mean. They don't don't talk like that. They they would say, I don't get it. At which point I would say, well, let's let's break it down. Okay. So, first of all, the First Amendment, everyone really talks about it as the freedom of speech. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest aspect. So first of all, though, r- no law respecting an establishment of religion. That's important because that's going back to the um, that's going back to the era of uh, when you know uh, the United Kingdom under Henry VIII established the Anglican Episcopalian Church, and uh, in England for years. Uh, Catholicism was a minority religion. It was severely uh, persecuted. Um, <clears throat> not today anymore. Uh, and, and there were times where Catholics, you know, had the upper hand as well. But for the most part, it was that. But the bottom line was this, that the United States government cannot, Congress 
cannot make an established religion. Okay? What does that mean? That means that for all that uh, some evangelicals like to talk about, this is a Christian nation, this is a Christian country, that's fine. Maybe it is. Maybe uh, 90% of the people are evangelical Christian. They're not. But the bottom line is that you can't have the country based on that. There cannot be a situation where religion, any religion, any religion becomes the guiding force of the country. And so any appeals to religion that might impact the laws of this country uh, are absolutely, it, it's something that needs to be struck down immediately by the courts because you don't have a religion. There is no religion. The United States is not a Christian country. It's not a Jewish country. It's not a Muslim country. It's not a Hindu country. It's not a pagan country. It's not a satanic country. It's not a, a, a pagan country. Go on down the list, okay? However far you want to go down. We are not that, okay? We are not that. And Congress has no right, okay, to make any laws that impose that. So if you're going to make a law and the law about making something illegal, okay? For example, I don't know. I'm just going to I'm just going to make stuff up right now out of the off the top of my head. If you were to say well, we're going to make a law that says that gay marriage is illegal. Well, why? Why is marriage between a man and a woman? Oh, because that's what the Bible says. Guess what? That is unconstitutional. There is no way you can cite your religion as a justification for a law. You can come out and say, listen, we think that gay people are icky, or we think that blah, blah, blah. that's fine. I mean, it's not fine. It's your opinion. You're kind of dumb for saying it, but, you know, the bottom line is that the minute you start backing up your claims for a law by citing religion, you have lost. The First Amendment expressly forbids that, okay? Expressly forbids that. Uh, moving along to the issue of the freedom of speech, yeah, we do have freedom of speech, and the freedom of speech, though, it's a little misunderstood as well, and this is where I like to do a little education. Um, <clears throat> the government can't stop you from saying things. Now, you can say something. If I come out and say something stupid, people have every right to be like, you're an idiot. We're not going to listen to you. Uh, we're not going to buy stuff you're selling. We're not going to do whatever. Uh, that's not. And also, if I come out and say hateful things, I can be prosecuted for it. Uh, if I attack people unjustly, uh, that's not covered by freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is, and this is one of the bigger things that people misconstrue, freedom of speech says, uh, the First Amendment, that the government can't censor you, okay? So unlike in so many countries, and this is one of the great things, and as much as people like to bash the United States, and I do too, uh, I, well, let me clarify that. I, I like to, uh, as an American, I feel it is my right <laughs> to criticize the country uh, because I, I, I love it and it's just like trying to, you know, it's, it's as I view it, constructive criticism. If one of my kids 
was doing something wrong, I would constructively criticize them. Okay? I wouldn't I wouldn't do it in a mean hearted way. I like to constructively criticize. And I constructively criticized the United States. And and you know what? I'm not the only one. So many people in the past, uh, you know, founding fathers, historical characters, lawyers, legalists, constitutional experts have all criticized the United States. It's it's good. It's good to hear the opposing. Listen, if you don't want to hear any opposing thoughts, okay, um, then you really want a dictatorship or you want an authoritarian government. I don't want that. Um, I, I don't want to be around anyone that does. But but here's the thing with freedom of speech. If you're going to say stupid things, you're not protected by freedom of speech in the sense that freedom of speech means that the government can't censor my speech, okay? So if I want to come out there and say, you know, that uh, the government is being stupid, uh, the president's an idiot, whoever the president is, I'm not, and I'm not just talking about currently, I'm talking about whoever the president is, if I want to come out and criticize him, I have that right, okay? I could say that. Freedom of the press. Freedom of the press is probably one of the greatest things we have going for us. If you don't have freedom of the press, if you don't have the ability of the press to, to make questions, to inquire, uh, you have, again, you're, you're going with an authoritarian government. And one of the biggest things, the right of the people to peaceably assemble, meaning that we have the right to protest when we think things are wrong. Now, unfortunately... Recently, the government has been taking steps uh, to to kind of co-op that. Be like, oh yeah, you can protest, but only in the following areas and only in the following ways. Um, the Constitution is very clear. The people have a right to uh, seek. And then with the part about redress uh, grievances against the, the government. Well, basically what that says is that when I feel the government is screwing up, I have the right to say so and to be like, listen, you need to change things. So that's the the First Amendment in a nutshell, okay? Uh, but I really also wanted to talk about the Second Amendment. Uh, this might be the most controversial amendment that's out there. We just had a rally the other, well, last week or so in Virginia on the anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, when people thought it would be great to show up with guns, even though he was assassinated with a gun. But, you know, what do these people care? They just want to show up, you know, the right to bear arms, okay? So here's the thing. First of all, if we're going to go strictly according to the Constitution, here's what it says. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay. So this is, this is written in the 1780s. And my thing is, yes, in the 1780s, there's a real, there's a real need. For example, uh, one of my favorite rebellions, the Whiskey Rebellion... More because of the whiskey part than the fact that it was rebellion. Uh, people rose up against the government. And in the 1780s, if I could get a thousand guys to grab muskets, I could actually oppose the government. Because guess what the government's coming at me with? Coming at me with muskets. Okay? Now, currently, you hear these people that are like, I gotta have my guns to fight against the government when it becomes tyrannical. Okay, so here's my thing. 
right now, um, I've done a bit of research into the U.S. military. And uh, first of all, the U.S. military spends almost $700 billion, with a B, dollars a year. Now, with that money, they have drones, they have tanks, the uh, M1A1 Abrams, they have Apache helicopters, they have nuclear-class submarines, the Seawolf-class submarines uh, that can launch multiple nuclear missiles that are, that are multi-headed, uh, multi-warheads. Um, they have aircraft carriers, they have F-35s, still have the, uh, the, the F-15s, the Eagles, okay, fighter jets, B-2 stealth bombers. My point is this. If the government wanted to take my house, I could be armed with a musket, I could be armed with a AK-47. The government is taking my house, Okay. And if I wanted to get a bunch of my buddies together and be like, listen, we got to fight the government off here, okay? Come on, get your weapons. Oh, I've got a couple of M16s, you know, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get together at your house. We're going to fight the government off. No, you're not. You're not. Right now, the only way that the Second Amendment really make any sense would be if I was able to get a bunch of people together and get things like uh, nuclear-tipped warheads, and get things like you know, I, I mean, I'd have to have a, a, you know access to fighter jets, bombers. Um, this is ridiculous now. Okay, it's ridiculous. I mean, yes, maybe you could fight off the local police force if they came for you, but if you're fighting off the local police force, what, 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 my question is, what the heck is going on? Why is the local police force coming after you? And if the government's coming after you, again, like I said, you're not fighting them off. I don't care how many rounds you have, okay? they. Uh, I mean, God, if they got tired of you, they could just bomb your house. It doesn't matter how many weapons you have because all you have are weapons that are based upon, you know, uh, localized combat, you know? If, if a couple of people tried to show up at your house, to rob your house, yeah, okay, you can fight them back. And that's when people said, well, I need my weapon to defend myself. Well, I, I read today um, in New Jersey where I live, there was a four-year-old who shot himself with a gun in his house. He came upon the gun and shot himself. And in the papers, they said that the local police were stressing that you needed to have that guns needed to be unloaded and needed to be secured and locked away and, you know, ammunition separate from the uh, the gun. And, you know, and I'm not trying to... If Jim Jeffries is listening to this, which, God, I, I hope you are, Jim, okay? Because I'd be really, really impressed and flattered tremendously. Love you. Love your work. But the, the bottom line is that then, then what are you doing? You're not actually defending yourself because... The bottom line is that if someone comes into your house, the whole point is to have, if you're going to use the whole, I need a gun to defend my house, then that gun should be locked, loaded, and ready at night or at day. So if someone comes into your house, you can defend your house. I'm not trying to say that it's it's a ridiculous thing. I'm trying to say that it's ridiculous that you make this, this thing about, you know, you need to be like, well, 
No, you can have a gun, but but it has to be completely separate. Everything has to be separate. Because what are you going to do? Someone breaks in your house and it's like, again, all respect to Jim Jeffries. It's like, hold on for a moment. Let me go grab my gun out of the safe and let me load it. And then let me go get the bullets, which in a separate place. No, this is stupid. Okay? And like I said, you know, we, we have these things where guns... You know, if you want to have, like, for example, if if I said, all right, I want to have a shotgun in my house for home defense, which there's a better chance of someone in my house accidentally killing themselves with that gun than of me ever being invaded. But, you know, we like to create this. That's another one of the things we like to create this myth that every house in America is constantly under threat of people invading your house you know, raping your women and killing your children and stuff. And this is absolute, you know, malarkey. This doesn't happen. But we we want that. But let's say just for argument's sake that I I was like, listen, I want to have that. I want to have a gun, okay? I'm going to have a gun in my house because I want to protect my house. So I'm going to buy a shotgun that has, you know, alternating uh, buckshot and slug. So the the buckshot, for those who aren't that familiar is where it basically sprays stuff out. So you, you don't have to be terribly accurate. I could shoot someone, you know, from the top of the stairs. I don't have to shoot right at them. I can shoot in the general direction, and they'll get hit. And then the slug is where you, you do have to shoot in the general direction. Um, so that's that. I want to have that. Why do we need a military-grade weapon? Why are these even available to people? Because the bottom line is that if someone goes into a school... With a revolver. I'm going to shoot up the school with a revolver. You've got six rounds. You can shoot six shots. If you're a great shot, you could kill six people. If you're not, you could wound a couple of people, maybe kill a couple. And then you reload. If you come in with a regular, you know, revol- uh, not a revolver, uh, you know, a... Uh, a Beretta or something, you know, you have a clip, a 12 clip, uh, which these bullets, by the way, don't always kill everyone when they hit them. They're good if they hit the right place. But when we allow the sale of these rapid-fire semi-automatic weapons, that's when you end up with, you know, 20 people killed, 30 people killed. You go into a classroom of children... These kids are scared, rightly so. A teacher in Sandy Hook throws herself in front of the person to stop the carnage, but this person kills her and then just goes on to open fire on these children. That's, is that, is that really needed? Is it needed? And, and you know, people say, well, you know, we need to allow the sale of these weapons because what about the government? I'll tell you this right now, okay? I don't care what type of gun you have to protect your home. The government, if they want to take you out, they will do it. There is no question. It's not even an issue. They will drone your house. They will bring a freaking tank up in front of your house. They will have guys out there that will just engage in a shootout. They have more bullets than you. If you want to defend your house with a shotgun, fine. Okay, I think it, I don't know that it's necessary, but the bottom line is, okay, so you have a couple of a couple of buckshots and, and a couple of slugs. Fine. 
But the sale of these guns that allow for semi-automatic, that allow for people to shoot numerous targets, this is insane. This is stupid. There's only one way that that works, okay? And that is to kill people, to kill a lot of people. And that's why when you read about all these shootings in schools, all right, and and in other uh, uh, you know places, um, movie theaters, that's what happens. These people go in with these guns and they kill numerous people. And you know before you give me the whole you know oh uh, you know that's why we need to arm people. You know, good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. No, except that they don't. Okay, they don't. First of all. Um, I've taught in a few schools in my life, and I'm not going to m- make mention of anyone in particular, but the bottom line was, my God, I would not, 99% of the security and or administration and or teachers that I've ever been with, I would not want any of them to have a gun. There are a few people that I've taught with that I would be okay with having a gun, okay? There are. There are a few people I've taught with where I would be like, yeah, no, 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 I'm okay with that person having a gun because they know what the heck they're doing, right? But still, you're dealing with people being put into situations where, you know, it's, it's they're under pressure and what are they doing and what's going on here? Are the police involved? Are they here yet? Are they not? Um, this, is, this is stupid. And, and second of all, you know, uh, why do we need more guns? Why do we need more guns when the solution should be to eliminate guns? There's an argument of, oh, well, you know, if you make guns illegal, only the illegals will have guns, or only the, the criminals will have guns. No, you know what, they get them now. The, the problem is, people argue things like, well, look at a city like Chicago. Oh, how tough the gun laws are there, and they still have more gun deaths. Yes, because the problem is that there are several states in this country that have very lax gun laws. So the bottom line is the same. I live in New Jersey, right? And then we have laws about fireworks. Guess who doesn't? The great commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So if I want to get fireworks, guess where I'm going to go? I'm just going to drive across the border, pile up my car with fireworks... And come back across. By the way, if you're a New Jersey or Pennsylvania state trooper listening to this, I don't do fireworks because uh, I, I just don't like blowing things up. Uh, I've too many stories of people blowing themselves up. I like to watch it when the professionals do it. I think it's fantastic. I love it. I like going for fireworks uh, shows on like the Fourth of July. Uh, I don't do it myself, but be that as it may. The bottom line is that if I can just drive down to Virginia, North Carolina, or any other state, uh, and this is nothing against you, my listeners in Virginia, North Carolina, just saying if I can go to a gun show and just get a hold of these guns, then what does it matter if New Jersey has very strict anti-gun laws? Because you're just going down there and getting these things anyway. Now, if you had very strict anti-gun laws across the country, that wouldn't be the case. You wouldn't be able to go to another state and get them. Okay, and and God, Canada, you know that's the case in Canada. They don't have any any very uh, uh, you know, liberal gun laws, and you don't have the case in uh, you know in in Mexico. I'm, I again, I'm not 100 percent sure about a lot of these things, but the bottom line is, I don't read a lot about people smuggling guns in from Mexico or from Canada. 
Okay? They're moving guns to the United States because we have this silly thing uh, that says that, you know, uh, people can defend their houses. And like I said, you know what? The bottom line is this when it comes to this. You want to defend your house. If you really feel the need to have a gun to defend your house, get a shotgun. Because number one, like I said, you, you can have buckshot and slugs. So, you know, you don't have to be that accurate if someone comes in. And second of all, even if if someone closes in on you before you can shoot, uh, at least a shotgun, it's like a baseball bat. You know, you can wield it like a bat. You can whack someone over the head. You know, if you really feel the need, you know, your house is under threat. Okay, you know, I live in a bad neighborhood here. Okay, I live in one of the many suburban areas of New Jersey. I got to watch out for this. And again, this is not to take away, even though I'm not a hunter, I'm a vegetarian, I'm not a fan of hunting, but the bottom line is that there are many people who do hunt, uh, and, and they hunt for food, you know, they they kill and then they, you know, uh, they they eat the, the things, and you know what, I'm, I'm not for it, but at the end of the day, I, I don't have a problem with it, okay? If you're going to eat your food, if you're going to eat what you hunt, well, these people have guns, that's fine. They don't have freaking AK-47s. They don't have M16s. They're not going out there with, you know, automatic weapons shooting up Bambi, okay? They're going out there with rifles. They're going out there, uh, uh, you know, and, and hunting game. Um, and, and that's fine, you know? I mean, uh, it, it's fine. When I say it's fine, I mean that I'm not going to make the biggest issue out of this. It, it's part of culture. It's part of America, uh, and if you're going to hunt it and you're not a vegetarian, you know, like I said, I am a vegetarian, but I'm not one of those vegetarians that's like, hey, good, you know, you can't deal with hey, meat is murder, man. No, you know what? I don't do it, but I don't really feel the need to overbearingly condemn people for what they do, um, you know, because I wouldn't want people to come after me for what I do. But that's really it. I mean, the bottom line is that this whole right to bear arms. I mean, God, you know, how many people are we going to have to lose? How many schools are going to get shot up? How many malls are going to have issues where people come in? You know, when when does it end? At what point do we say, my God, you know what? We're just, we're tired of this. We're tired of losing people. We're tired of 20 kids here, 15 kids there. You know, the 20-some first graders. I mean... They're children. What, 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 you know, what, what is the possible thing? And, you know, after every one of these things, it's like, no, 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 we need to, uh, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, condemn this, you know. What if there had been a, a, you know, what if the teacher had had a gun? No, you know what, I, I don't want a gun, okay? And I don't want um, the people around me having guns because I don't want to live in a place, in a society where, uh, everyone feels the need to be armed to the teeth in order to live a decent life. Instead, get rid of the freaking guns, okay? Overwhelmingly, with very few exceptions. And like I say, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, I've had people, you know, in, in England, uh, people have knife attacks and stuff. Well, you know what? Let me tell you, as a teacher, okay, I will say the following. If someone, God forbid, were ever to come into my school... Okay, and you asked me, would you rather have them come in slashing and wielding a knife or come in with a a semi-automatic weapon? I'll take the knife. I'll take the knife. 
Okay, I can I can stand a chance against someone with a knife if I'm defending my kids. I can come up against someone with a knife, and even if they're bigger than me, I could. There's a possibility I could disarm them. Maybe I hit them the right way. When someone comes in with an assault rifle, um, you really don't have that chance. You really can't defend yourself. They're going to kill you. And they're going to kill anyone else that they want to kill before they finally decide they don't want to kill anymore. All it depends on is how many bullets they have uh, and how dedicated they are. So... Uh, for those of you who, uh, you know, run around with the Second Amendment rights, um, I get it. If you want to have a, uh, a well-regulated militia, uh, okay, go ahead and have one. But the bottom line is that the entire purpose of the Second Amendment was this idea that uh, Americans could fight off the government. And that was valid for probably a hundred years after the uh, Constitution was written. It is no longer valid. There is no longer any possibility that American citizens can fight off the government if the government really wants to, okay? Um, to quote or paraphrase, uh, you know, Starship Troopers, you know, people say violence doesn't solve anything, no, violence has solved more problems uh, than anything else since the beginning of time. Uh, and that's true. That's absolutely true. It's just an issue of what level of violence are you willing to apply. If you're willing to apply maximum levels of violence, you can solve any problem that there is out there. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying that it is a reality. And those of you who know me know that ideal in realities, and that that's what I want to uh, go forward with. So I'm going to end uh, today's podcast by talking about the fact that, you know, we, we have multiple amendments. In the future, I will talk about some of the other amendments. I don't think that some of them are as relevant today as they were. Like, for example, you know, the Third Amendment, that you, you can't have soldier stationed in your house. I mean, that was a lot more relevant in you know in the 1700s 1800s than it is today i don't think today that's that's as big a thing um you know it was then but things like the 4th and 5th uh, unlawful search and seizure right not to self incriminate those are very very valid and today more than ever they're needed and they're needed to be understood so i'm going to go on here as always uh, i invite people to comment on this uh, please do. You can, if you're on the Anchor app, you can um, leave a um, a voice message for me. Otherwise, um, you know I am on Twitter, uh, Ashes Army, uh, Antonius Optimus. Uh, I am on TikTok, you know Acheron Twenty One, the Mad Historian. Uh, Instagram, I do my uh, after school history. Antonius Optimus. Uh, please let me know what you think. Um, do that. I, I appreciate any input. You know, we don't hate over here. We don't judge over here. So until the next time that we talk, uh, I wish all of you, my loyal listeners, uh, nothing but goodwill. And hopefully you'll be around next Sunday when I post my next podcast. Bye-bye.